have a very special guest as our guest on Megapologetics, and his name is Peter LaBarbera, who is, as you may or may not know, but you probably know if you listen to this show, is the president of Americans for Truth About Homosexuality, and he is fighting the good fight for us right now in Washington, D.C. city. We've got a link to his website uh, that you'll find on our website so that you can uh, go there and sign up for his newsletter. But uh, today we are going to talk about this plague of homosexuality and what I call the homosexual death style and how it's shaping and molding, in many senses of that word, today's culture. We did not get into the subject of the ex-gay movement as much as I would have liked, given the small window of time we had to discuss issues which I think, and I believe you'll see, were best spent discussing the issues that we did discuss. And nevertheless, I do think the ex-gay movement is one that we should uh, keep an eye on and maybe come up with a different name for, because for me... Well, ex-gay still sounds like a lame homosexual superhero. Or villain, I should say. Homosexual supervillain. Another thing that I wish that we could have spoken about but we didn't get a chance to was the uh, Bradley quote-unquote Chelsea Manning case and how we, the American taxpayers, may end up forking over several hundred thousand dollars of our own money to pay for this man's sex reassignment surgery and homo replacement therapy. Oh, hormone replacement therapy. Sorry, Freudian slip there of the good kind. But he still is a man. Let that not be lost. Unless you're using man in the normative sense, in which case he is not a man. Anyhow, uh, thanks Obamacare. One final thing that we were not able to get into, uh, again, because of time constraints, but that I wish we would have and maybe can in a future episode is the subject of how today's um, righteous backlash against the homosexual agenda in no way resembles the attack on civil rights in Jim Crow America or the anti-miscegenation laws. Although I suppose if you, you know, really pressed us on it, we would admit that it's a black man and a white man shouldn't be together. But it's not because of race. Uh, it's because they're both men. And uh, opposites attract, not, not same sex, opposites. And on that note, we are going to speak with Peter LaBarbera. One of the, the questions that I see repeatedly in the emails that I get from listeners is this. It's a sort of, sort of comment slash question. Uh, firstly, as Christians, uh, and I know you'll agree with me on this, we know that nobody is created gay, right? So what we have to ask is this. Can straight people experience same-sex attraction and overcome it, and what causes straight people to have such unnatural feelings, if the answer is yes? Well, it's, it's you know, again, we have a problem with the language. I, I think that, um, like you said, I don't think people are born gay. I, I think homosexuality generally arises out of, out of uh, unfortunate circumstances. 
uh, uh, reacting to, to unfortunate circumstances in a person's life, dysfunction, occasionally sex abuse, child sex abuse. We see that, for example, the, the CNN anchor Don Lemon um, you know, testified that he was abused as a boy by, by a, uh, an older teenage, I believe it was a teenage uh, boy in the neighborhood, would molest him. And uh, so I think it's a reaction. I think it is environmental. Perhaps some people are more susceptible to it than others, but anybody can practice it, and people can fall into temptation. Now, it's one that I don't struggle with. I assume you don't struggle with it, Jim. No, thank God. I, I assume most people don't, and, and hence, that's why it is an aberration. It's the very definition of aberrant. It's deviant. It's, it's a perversion. And so we would expect that it would be something that a small minority of people would fall into. But what, what is the other side saying? They're basically saying being gay, and that there we go with the language again, being gay, that makes it sound like it's an innocuous trait as opposed to a practiced behavior. And every word that they use is designed to take away the moral argument, take away the Christian argument, and to make it sound as if those people have, this is, quote, who they are. And every, everybody's heard that phrase, Jim, you know. It's who you are. And, and that phrase is, is ridiculous. I mean, it, it's not who you are. I, I believe homosexuality is who you aren't. I don't believe it's natural. I, I don't like the phrase, uh, so-and-so happened to be gay. Uh, because what does that mean? Especially when you look at the one case study after another, you look at the people in their backgrounds. So many uh, men had bad relationship or no relationship with their father or their father was absent. Then you have people like Don Lemon, who, who actually had sexual abuse in their background, and yet they're still describing themselves as gay. You know, I would say to Don Lemon, you're not gay. You're the victim of a, of a sexual predator. And I just, uh, by the way, Jim, I just got a, you know, had a, a conversation with another guy who, who was, he was molested in his youth. And I tried, you know, if, if, if the conversation continues, I'm going to tell him the same thing. You're not gay. Even if I believed in the concept of gay, which I don't, I don't believe in the activist notion of that. But even if I did, somebody who's the victim of a predator, it, it, it's common sense to, to, know, to say that the, presume that the predation of a boy, you know, the first act of sex being this unnatural predatory experience with a man when you're a young a boy, imagine it's common sense to suggest that that would lead to the perversion of homosexuality. I don't know if you're keen on philosophy, but I, I like philosophy myself, and I like reading those opinions of those who oppose uh, Christianity just to see how they're uh, thinking about things. And I think it's no coincidence that uh, Nietzsche, the famous anti-Christian philosopher, um, once said, the degree and kind of a man's sexuality reaches to the highest pinnacle of his soul. And I, th which is a way of saying, really, your sexuality defines you. And I think that's what you're arguing against. I have not heard that quote, and it's very interesting. Um, but it, it, it's, it, it's very interesting. What I see that the homosexual activists, I'm talking the activists do, is they're sort of like fundamentalists what? of a different sort. Uh, maybe we could call them neo-gay fundamentalists or neo-fundamentalists. Their argument always returns to their pro-gay supposition. Uh, I don't know. What is that? A, uh, what, what is that, Jim? A tautal? I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, but they, I, I'm calling it neo 
It, well, it's it's kind of an oxymoron if if you're talking about homosexual fundamentalists. It seems to me. Well, I mean, I mean, they're I'm talking they're fundamental. They have their own set of fundamentals. They're perverse fundamentals, but they have their own fundamentals, and they act like it's faith. In other words, it's something that they adhere to, and one of them is that being gay is who you are. You know, that's that's their that, and it always returns. And if you if you criticize or if you criticize homosexual behavior or or even ex-gays when you bring up ex-gays a lot of times a homosexual activist will say well they never were gay well what does that mean you have somebody who practiced you know 15 10 20 years of their life as an open homosexual and then they leave that lifestyle what does it mean to say that person was never gay um and obviously they're they're just returning the argument always to their frame, which uh, is basically you cannot question out and proud uh, positive homosexuality. Yeah. Well, as I, I'm sure you know, we're having a problem today in the church with people who call themselves gay and yet also claim to be followers of Christ. But you and I know that that's, that's really not possible. Wouldn't you say that's correct? Yeah, I don't believe it's possible to be a faithful Christian, a faithful Christian, and a, a pro or out and proud homosexual. I I, just, I think you can struggle with homosexuality as a temptation, uh, and and be and 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 uh, work with God and 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 rely on the grace of God to overcome that and to or to live with that. But that's a far cry from being uh, a sort of a proud, uh, 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 un. Unre unrepentant homosexual. Uh, I'm sorry, Christian. Uh, unrepentant Christian. The the idea of gay Christianity to me doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, what about uh, someone who calls themselves themselves a Christian and is in a faithful relationship with another person of the same sex? Well, even though I believe that's probably rare among men, I'm not sure about lesbians. I think there's more uh, you know monogamy among lesbians than men. Um, it's, it's really nothing more than domesticated sin. Uh, it's, uh, uh, God prescribes homosexual behavior. So just because your behavior is in a monogamous or semi-monogamous, or as Dan Savage, a homosexual activist says, monogamish, HH, <laughs> it's still, it's still sinful. <laughs> yeah. I did not hear about that actually. Monogamish. Wow. Yes. Huh. That's. Sometimes I just uh, wonder if the inmates are taking over the asylum. <laughs> well, well, yeah, and 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 of course the 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 pro homosexual Christians, and the, I would I would think that would include a variety of people, some um, more well meaning than others. I think some people are are just pure opportunists. But uh, for example, um, you know when you have when you have people who were part of the religious left for a long time, and you know everybody wants to call themselves a Christian in our, in our culture, Jim. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, of course, that's between God and them. Uh, and and when they die, you know, will know God will know. Uh, but I I think that uh, uh, you know th this idea of gay Christianity is being used as as basically an attack on the truth. A lot many people, especially homosexual activists, know that if you use religious talk or moral talk, it, you're you're going to get farther than if you sound like a brazen gay activist. Yeah. Well, can you tell us a little bit about the collapse of Exodus International and what that means for us Christians? 
I, I think that was, uh, I think uh, they got into some hyper grace theology, some bad theology, and it, it was uh, it was a very sad thing. Let me, let me just give a little background. Exodus was the main umbrella group for ex-gays. Um, homosexual activists hate the idea of ex-gays that, because, as we talked about, they believe homosexuality is who you are and you can't leave it. Um, anyways, Exodus was the main group when they were working with all the pro-family, the conservative pro-family groups, they, they were being promoted by those groups. They were getting, you know, being referred to people. They did media on that basis. And then, uh, lo and behold, uh, Exodus under Alan Chambers begin, began to uh, sort of enter into a, a dialogue with homosexual activists. And unfortunately, a lot of times when Christians dialogue with homosexual activists, I believe homosexual activists win. I'm not saying Christians shouldn't dialogue with homosexual activists. I mean, I dialogue with Dan Savage on Twitter, and he's as much of a homosexual activist as anybody could be. Yes. But, but, but I, I do think that a lot of times the gay activists win, and certainly in this case, the homosexual side won, because they basically, ultimately, it sunk further and further to the point where Alan Chambers basically issued a long apology uh, to, homo, to, to homosexuals, as did his uh, his assistant or his uh, comrade over there, Randy Thomas. They both issued uh, long uh, apologies, or at least Allen's was long. And it's just it was just a, a big blow to the movement, the pro-family movement, because many people had relied on Alan Chambers. He got an award from World Magazine as the as the Daniel of the Year. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and here he is, basically selling out to the gay lobby and. And uh, he, he, he didn't say that he has changed his beliefs about homosexual behavior, but basically what he was conceding was that, as he put it, something, I'll paraphrase here, but something along the lines of the vast majority, over 90% or 99% of the people he'd known in, you know, ex-gays still had gay feelings. And so what he was doing was encouraging the notion that you can't really change because your so-called orientation doesn't change. And, and again, this is a this is a real tough thing because nobody agrees on the words, and uh, and orientation uh, that that seems to suggest that it's something beyond your control, and that's what the homosexual side wants people to think that homosexuality is not about behavior; it's about your your core orientation of who you are. And so, basically, Alan was uh, made a giant concession on to that uh, ideology, and. Essentially, now Exodus is going to, you know, it basically, uh, you know, practically closed. I, I believe it's it's still operating, but it's nothing what it was. You saw a bunch of ministries that were affiliated. Some ex-gay ministries that were affiliated with Exodus have now switched or switched over to a new group that God has risen up called Restored Hope Network. And so, Restored Hope Network is now the new umbrella group for ex-gay ministries. But it was just a very, a very debilitating uh, thing that Alan Chambers did taking down Exodus. Well, I mean, praise God that for the Restored Hope Network. Um, I mean, from what I understand, they're doing some really good work uh, in helping people recover from that uh, death style. Um, and yeah, it, and Jim, if I, could, if I could say something about that, I went sure. to the Restored Hope, I went to their, net, their last uh, conference, and it was, they are wonderful people. Um, I was encouraged. I met so many uh, wonderful people. Um, who who are have experienced radical change in their life and 
And uh, praise, yeah, I agree with you. Praise God for them because the the storyline that some homosexual activists wanted to say was that the the ex gay movement, or as they called it, the industry, because the homosexual side is always looking for words to demonize uh, Christians on this issue. They called it the ex gay industry, and they said it was closed down. But all that closed down was a group, Exodus. The whole idea of ex gay overcoming homosexuality through Christ is alive and well. We can at least hold on to that, am I right? Yes. <laughs> I hate to sort of go on into something a bit more negative after that sort of uplifting moment there, but as you know and as you cover uh, quite a bit on your website, americansfortruth.com, homosexual activities are really, they're, they're just naturally not good for you. They're very actually bad for you and damaging to the body. And uh, as I said at the beginning, you know, we've got to put a face to this. And we've got to see, without blinders, exactly what goes on and how bad it is for people. In your research, what have you found to be maybe the most just damaging and corrupt behavior? And like I said, I mean, this is something that we have to be honest about here. And you, you know, I... I thank God for your website because you do that. So could could you give us some examples of how how it's harmful? Yes, thank you, Jim. Um, uh, we're going to be doing a lot more on this. The, the health hazards surrounding homosexuality, and especially male homosexuality, but not limited to male homosexuality, uh, are, are astonishing. And I think if it were any other behavior or misbehavior, uh, there would be a full-scale campaign against it. Sort of like the, the anti-smoking, you know, ads and yes. the campaign. Uh, for example, the CDC reported, it, based on 2011 data, that 94 to 95 percent of young men, including boys, teenage boys, who have HIV, got it through homosexual sex. That's virtually every case of HIV for boys and young men ages 13 to 24. Now, to me, that says the government and the school system and indeed the corporate corporate leaders and pop culture should be educating against this this as you call it death style this the, the practice of anal sex and 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 homosexual behavior but instead the cultural elites are all celebrating homosexual behavior and and that's what's so astonishing about this issue Here, here's another fact i uh 75% of syphilis cases in a recent uh uh, report were linked to homosexual male behavior. Gay men, gay men are eighty times percent, eighty times more likely to get. Um, I believe it's eighty times more likely on to get anal uh, anal cancer. Um, I'll I'll read that one and make sure I got that right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, this is from a book called HIV Essentials. Uh, the incidence of anal cancer in gay men is approximately eighty times that of the general population. And you can go on and on, Jim. Any any STD that's out there, sexually transmitted disease, invariably gay men are the worst. And then lesbians have problems too. For one thing, lesbians have, you wouldn't know it, but lesbians have sex with men. That adds to their risks and there's uh, there's various risks with lesbianism as well. Um, like what? Well, you know, there, there's breast cancer risks, etc. Really? And there's also domestic violence. Um, and 
you know, a lot of these, and we're going to source this out at AFTA, but a lot of these are all sourced by pro-gay publications. The CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, is really a very pro-homosexual organization. They're constantly blaming, you know, the, this this uh, high incidence of STDs. They're all they're constantly blaming it on homophobia in the culture and stigma, and um, <laughs> you know, as wow. if as if as if homophobia is leading to this outbreak of sexually transmitted diseases. It's absurd. But I I, illust- I, I mention that to illustrate just to show you that. The CDC is, I mean, this, this data is not coming from conservative religious people. It's coming from pro-gay researchers with the federal government. Wow. I don't think many people have an idea uh, as to where this data is all coming from. I would encourage your listeners just go to Google and Google three acronyms. MSM, which mm-hmm. is Men Who Have Sex With Men, mm-hmm. uh, STD, Mm-hmm. HIV, and do that kind of a search, and and you'll you'll be shocked at how many articles come up. And yet, smoking, which you know, I, uh, people get. I'm, I I don't like the idea of telling smokers they can't even be in a building, but I you know that's where we are right now. The the government has pushed smoking out, and I guess it's it, there's some wisdom to it because you want to stigmatize that behavior, um, even though sometimes it seems heavy-handed to me. But I mean, why is it okay to discourage that behavior, but not homosexual behavior that is basically leading uh, hundreds of thousands of men to have died early deaths? Why wouldn't we want, and that's, that's the reality, over 300,000, I believe, over 300,000 uh, homosexual men have died of HIV, uh, of AIDS. Mm-hmm. Um, so why aren't we discouraging that through the government, through corporations, you know, through a cultural push? Why do we promote? Why we, why is it okay to discourage smoking, but it's fine to promote homosexual behavior despite the massive health risks? Well, honestly, Peter, I think it's uh, partly because people just don't know exactly what all is going on. They th- they hear homosexual, they think, oh, you know, anal sex, whatever. That's not my business. But it actually, anal sex is just the tip of the iceberg here. There are things that go on that are just. You know, it it hurts to bring it up, but it it has to be brought up. Still, hold that thought because it's time for This Week in God's America with Jim Funkhauser. This Week in God's America, the Senator Michelle Bachman said, If you're involved in the gay and lesbian lifestyle, it's bondage. It is personal bondage, personal despair, and personal enslavement. And that's what Michelle Bachman said this day in God's America. Well, the, the thing is, it's the catch-22 of the movement, Jim. I'm talking the pro-family movement. It, when, when you talk about the behaviors, it's so shocking to people and it's so offensive that sometimes they transfer the, the, the horror to you. <laughs> yeah. But you're, yes. you're absolutely right. There are behaviors that are just unbelievable. Um, I'll give you an example. There's a behavior that's popular among homosexual men called rimming. Rimming is basically oral anal sex, and it's what is it called? Sorry, rimming, and it's okay. and it's basically it, it, it's it, it's just appalling that people do this, and and then naturally because they do it, it promotes the spread of disease. And and when you go through the the, the medical literature about STDs, you know you find that. Um, these practices, especially anal sex and rimming, 
Um, um, there are even more, even more horrifying practices such as fisting, uh, where a, a man inserts his hand in his lower arm, forearm, you know, up the rectum of another man. I mean, oh this is just horrifying. This is the kind of thing we have to be talking about because people don't know this is going on. And so they think that is uh, just innocuous. Yeah. Well, they, 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 tend to, they tend to believe the glamorized version. And I think the best example is Glee. You have those two uh, the young men. They look like they're about 16 years old, if that. In a, in a, and the kiss was set up as sort of a romantic. If it were a man and a girl or, or a teenage you know, young man and young woman, it would have been romantic. But instead it was two boys. And uh, I think that was a real sad thing for our nation when that could be shown on prime time. But what is that not showing? That's not, you know, Glee is not talking about, uh, uh, you know, chlamydia, HIV, syphilis, anal warts, anal cancer. They're not talking about that. What they're doing is they're showing this glamorized version of homosexuality and they're not showing any of the negatives. You see, quote, nice little kiss. You don't see uh, the, 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 fisting or the rimming that's going on behind that. That's how I think we're going to be able to turn this culture war around. I think we have to show it for what it is, Peter. Um, and maybe you're of a different No, I, I do think you have to, you know, I think we have to educate people on the health facts. And I should, you know, we should make the caveat we're not saying, I don't even think the, the I think, I don't even know how large the minority of, of men who, who do fisting, although lesbians do fisting too, Jim, and, and lesbians do, wow. they do, they mimic, it's, it's appalling, but they mimic uh, normal sex using sex toys. And even, they even mimic anal sex with sex toys. And, and that's just, oh, you know, I mean. Yeah, you know, you start you start to talk about it, and it's just like, ugh. But I, I think you have a point in that. I think what's happened is the debate has strayed miles and miles away from what their core issue is, which is homosexual behavior. That's the main issue. Is it is it good for a, for a child to be brought up in a in a homosexual household where homosexual behavior, which is an abomination in the eyes of God? is modeled as normal to that child. Is that a good thing? I don't think that's a good thing for the child or for society. And so I, I think you're right. We have to get back to the behavior. We have to look at these at these health reports. We have to look at how homosexual activists are trying to get back into the blood supply. Right now, you cannot give blood. I believe it's 20 years. If you've had sex, if, if, if a man has had sex with a man in, a, in the last 20 years, I believe it's 20 years, it might be more, or if a woman had sex with a man who had sex with a man, in other words, her boyfriend or something, they, they cannot give blood. Now that tells you that this is a lifestyle uh, 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 that is not healthy and that should not be right. promoted. And yet the exact opposite is being promoted. It is happening. Homosexuality is being promoted in the culture. It is being glamorized. And even our very young people, we're talking toddlers, are being taught about homosexuality as if it's good without even knowing what sex is yet. These very young children are being taught that this is normative behavior. And I think that is very dangerous uh, for a society. It has the potential to level our next generation, I think, Peter, if we don't somehow try and put a stop to well, this. Well, I, I think it, it just, uh, I, I think what happens is that 
all it, it drags down all values. And of course, there's lots of heterosexual uh, sin and misbehavior and fornication and adultery and pornography, rampant pornography use. And I think it all drags a society downward. Mm-hmm. Yes, but at least with that, that there's a way that heterosexual activity can be sanctified, and that is through marriage. Uh, whereas there's there is no such thing as as gay marriage, as you and I know, yeah. uh, and so there's no way for uh, homosexual behavior to be sanctified in the eyes. Yeah, of Yeah, and that's a great way to put it, Jim. And and and, and you know. And that's borne out by people who get born again and, and leave homosexuality. We, get, we have a number of examples, lesbian or homosexual men, where one guy gets saved and, and he has to leave the other. And they have to leave that whole network. Um, sometimes you have couples who break up. Um, you know, I mean, basically one becomes a born-again Christian and leaves lesbianism and, and the other is, is there. And then, and then you have custody battles. Um, like uh, the famous case, I believe it was in. Um, well, now it was she's she's left the country, but the Miller case, where one of the two lesbian moms, quote unquote, got saved, was, was born again, and she did not want her child raised by her former lesbian partner. Praise and God. and so you know, but uh, what's happening in the culture is the law is starting to treat homosexuality. The law is acting as if it can sanctify homosexuality and it can't all it can do is make it legal encourage it use the government for the wrong purpose government should be to dissuade sin uh you know Mm -hmm. government should try to prevent people or at least in some way punish you know dissuade people from practicing sin Uh, now the opposite is happening government is actually encouraging homosexual sin by rewarding homosexuality through the law well, you know, I always like to, to sort of finish off with a more uplifting uh, message. So could you just maybe tell the listeners who are struggling with same-sex attraction how they can overcome that through Christ? Well, um, first of all, I'm not an expert on that, but, I, but all, I do know I've met dozens and dozens of former homosexuals. They're the most wonderful stories. And so the first thing I would say is don't give up hope. Uh, and, and you may have to... Uh, this may be a burden that you will need extra grace uh, from God to live with and, or to overcome. But the alternative is is to is to walk away from God or or His Word, and that's that's sh- that you never want to do that. And so uh, I, I think there are Christians everywhere who who want to help people overcome. Uh, nobody should hate homosexuals. Uh, we we oppose the behavior, and we don't believe the behavior defines the person. And that's what I would tell somebody. I would say, first of all, you're not gay, as the homosexual side is saying. This is not who you are. God does not want homosexuality to be part, you know, of a person's life, uh, because God Himself labels homosexual behavior as a sin very clearly in both the Old, Old and New Testament. Um, and and I, yes, both both of the testaments we should say a lot of people. Yeah, miss both that. of the testaments, and also uh, Jim, you know, um, I, I just came out with some Christian resolutions for the new year, and uh, one of them is the sexual sin substitution test. If you ever wonder whether you've got something right or wrong in the homosexual issue, take another serious sexual sin and put it in its, in, in the place, and you'll soon see that homosexuality is sort of treated as the special sin 
which is really not a sin. I mean, we don't talk about incest phobes or adultery phobes. <laughs> we don't we don't talk about luster pride parades, or uh, we, we we don't uh, see President Obama issuing uh, porn users proclamation month. But everything with the word gay in it does all that. And so the culture has, you know, the cultural elites, as in all declining societies, it seems, have this feature of, of, of falling into homosexuality. And now in the United States, this Pandora's box of gay activism has been opened, and it's very difficult to put back. And so coming back to that person who's struggling, you know, I would say find yourself a biblical, a, a Bible-believing church Get in the Word of God. Get a mentor, uh, perhaps one who does not, who has never struggled with this issue, who can, you know, a wise uh, man for a for a guy or a wise woman for a a, a woman, uh, and have them help you through it. But uh, the God will help you through His Word, and God will comfort you. And there is plenty of help out there. There's the Restored Hope Network. There's wonderful organizations like uh, uh, First First Stone Ministries in Oklahoma and and um, tons of ex-gay ministries all across the country. Find out. You can find them at my website, americansfortruth.com. Um, get help, but whatever you do, do not buy the lie that being gay is acceptable and is who you are. I couldn't have put it better myself. And, you know, for those people out there who may be, you know, struggling, hey, you, you might get knocked down, but you'll get up again. Uh, with Christ, nothing can keep you down. Yeah, and and uh, Jesus is the ultimate he- healer, and he came for the sick, not for the healthy. And and that's why you know Christians can never be arrogant uh, in you know in their approach towards homosexuals because it's sort of like there, but for the grace of God go I. And uh, and we need to allow God's grace to work through us. I believe our posture should be one of truth and love. A lot of times now, I think, Jim, the bigger sin is that we're going to love homosexuals and, and the truth doesn't matter as much. And that is every bit as wrong as being one of those guys who's all about the truth and has no real love for the homosexual. They're both extremes. They're both wrong. We need to speak the truth in the love of God. And that means agreeing with God about this sin and giving it no special uh, favor in any way it, through the law through uh, so-called gay Christianity, you know, like Rachel Held Evans. She's a pro-gay so-called Christian. I don't know what her real state is before God, but she's a progressive Christian so-called who's now very pro-gay. And I, I don't think, I don't think that honors God because she has, she thinks she's loving the homosexual, but she's left out truth. So it's a false love. It's no love at all. I mean, I, I really think that your website, I mean, you're telling the truth there. That's a love-filled website, what you have, you know, where you're informing people about the truth of homosexuality. Love is not just telling people what they want to hear. It's it's telling people what they need. Well, to Jim, one other thing, and I know we're going long here, but uh, I, I was on Rachel Held Evans' blog, and, and she just spoke at something called the Gay Christian Network, which is another big pro-homosexual you know, group. This this idea of gay Christianity is really be, being pushed very strongly now uh, by the by the LGBT movement. But one of the things she said in her blog was, you know, we're going to keep talking about this, and, and and we want people to see that it's no big deal. I'm paraphrasing, but she used the phrase "big deal." In other words, this be, the homo, homosexual issue is not a big deal to God. And I thought, wow, I thought sexual sin, like all sin, is a big deal to God. 
How, how can you say that homosexuality is not a big deal to our creator when he did not create us for homosexuality? I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm surprised every day at how people manage to twist scripture to suit their own needs. Yep, it, it seems to be a sign of the times, and it's just another sign that we are declining society, and I think only a revival can get America going again, because what I've seen with the homosexual issue is it really is the ultimate Pandora's box, and it's, it's like it starts steamrolling. One thing leads to another, leads to another, and pretty soon you're talking about, uh, you know, promoting gay marriage to children. It, it's just astonishing how fast it's moved. I don't know. Maybe you're not as optimistic, but I do think that a revival uh, is possible. Maybe not probable, but it's certainly possible. And uh, I think if we can get more people like you out there spreading the message and telling people uh, the truth about homosexuality, just as your website uh, is titled, then we can uh, spur a revival. Well, thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for being a guest, Peter.